Welcome to Lipkin Live. I'm your host, Adam Lipkin, known as the CPACE guy. This is the place to listen to successful professionals in and out of the commercial real estate field, going live and getting real about their business and their journey and sharing how they've stepped up in the face of challenge and setback to achieve even greater levels of success. I hope you enjoy it. In this episode, I bring in my friend, Chris Ressa. Chris is such a dynamic guy. He's the COO of DLC Management, one of the preeminent owners, operators, and managers of shopping centers with millions of square feet in their portfolio. Chris is a leading personality and influencer in the retail real estate world. Definitely follow him on LinkedIn. Has, I think at this point, 35 plus thousand followers. Has a hit podcast called Retail Retold that is awesome to listen to. And we're going to really get into Chris's backstory, which inspired me from the first time I heard it. You're going to hear a little bit about how Chris has taken challenges in his life and has really used them to step up even more to achieve greater levels of success. You're going to hear about how he set up his team for success during the pandemic. And we're going to get into some fun Q&A at the end uh, and learn about some of uh, Chris's favorite books, apps, and more. Awesome. All right, my friend. So uh, how you doing, bro? How you doing this first week of the year? Uh, it's been a it's been a good week. And, you know, we've got a lot accomplished this week. I I often wonder if it's oh, well, a lot of things got done this week, which excited about. They were things we were hoping to get done. At, uh, some of them were things we were hoping to get done at the end of the year. So but it's still good momentum. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Cool. Well, uh, it's awesome to be able to kick off the year with this. This is something that I was really excited to get in New York. We're going to get into things that we've been doing to be able to bring out our personal brand more, but uh, really, really cool being able to uh, get the year started with you uh, on a live. So um, why don't we just start out and just, uh, I'd like to keep it very general with your answer here, but tell me a little bit, who is Chris Ressa? And I want you to take a few minutes and how you answer that, where you go with it. Let's start out with that. You know, I think first and foremost, I'm a uh... I'm a family man, husband, and a father. Yeah. I think that's where I start. Okay. Um, I am someone who really likes to be involved in things that are challenging and most people pass on because they're like, I can't do that. I don't think that's going to work. I like those challenges. I like, you know, in my LinkedIn profile, I have, you know, I like, doing things that people think are undoable and solving problems people think are unsolvable. That wakes me up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, just the normal course of business mundane is typically, you know, I could do that with everybody, but a lot of people can do that. I like to see how far I can push myself. And, you know, I like working with a great team that I work with and doing it with them. Yeah. How's that? Is that a good summary? Yeah, it's awesome, man. No, it's nice to see where you go with that. And I, I thought you would put that family man at the top. And I, I feel the same way. I feel like that's just, that's it for me. You know, that's where it starts from. So um, yeah, very cool, man. I appreciate that. And just, you know, just so people know too, like um, COO, a little bit about maybe your background, where you're at too. We'll kind of get into that. Not too much because uh, I want to take it a little bit into an interesting direction for you. But yeah, just high level, like where you're at. Uh, Chief Operating Officer at DLC. We own uh, retail real estate throughout the country. The what does COO mean? Uh, the operational arms as we see it at the property level. So that is leasing, construction, property management, marketing flow up to me. My counterpart, uh, I have two other 
partners, uh, chief investment officer, Jonathan Wigzer. He is um, all things acquisitions, dispositions, underwriting, accounting. They flow up to him. And then we have our CEO uh, who um, oversees everything. Cool. Good stuff. So look, one of the themes that I, you know, kind of goes right into what I think is one of your strengths is really you get excited about doing the undoable, like really getting your teeth, uh, kind of your teeth on challenges. So we're in a challenging environment. But before we get into that, I think that there's a general belief that we have that a lot of these past challenges in life really shape us. And actually, there's a silver lining to them and they help us actually develop ourselves and they actually become some of our strengths when we get through them. So I'd love to hear from you when you think about some of your past challenges in life and, and how it shaped you to become who you are today and how it's actually had you become successful, kind of like as your winning formula. What are like a couple things that come to mind? Love to hear that. Uh, you know, I start from the beginning. My cool. birth mother left when I was two and the my dad and I, until I was uh, nine years old, it was me and him. He got remarried eventually. Uh, and that woman's my mother today, but, um, you know, it was me and my dad and it was a one bedroom apartment. He lived on the couch. I lived in the bedroom. And so from, you know, and we had no money. My dad was, um, you know, he was struggling to make ends meet. He was a, a garbage man. And I think so from a young age, I grew with, you know, I grew a high tolerance for stress. Would you say you were able to be tough or what do you think? What was that way of being that you were able to take on to get through that type of situation? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get emotional. Uh, I wasn't overly emotional about it. You know, even when I was young, it was, that was just the way things are. And it was, it is what it is. And I think what, what happened though, I think after that, that shaped me probably even more than that was how my dad responded to that, which was he wanted nothing but the best for me. So he was a serious, serious driver. Uh, My dad's parenting when I was a young boy, I don't think would be uh, seen as acceptable today in some regards. Uh, I heard it in the past that he was kind of like somewhat of a drill sergeant, really pushy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, it was – you better get straight A's in school or right. there was a price to pay. Yeah. It was, you know, in sports, you know, we moved to Northwestern New Jersey when I was two, we were in the Bronx, New York, and he wanted to keep me off the street. So he got me involved in sports. And so I ended up falling in love with sports, but um, I wrestled, played baseball and football when I was young. And it was like, you're not striking out, you're winning every match and you're scoring the most touchdowns or we have problems. And by the way, you're getting straight A's or we have problems. And it was real serious. You know, I've been grounded for lack of execution in sports. I've been grounded for lack of execution in schoolroom. So, um, and grounded for serious amounts of time and it was not taken lightly. So you better, you better execute. And I took, and a lot of, you can go a lot of different ways with that. And I took that like, you know what, I'm going to show him. I'm going to do even better than he thinks. Some people like, you know, don't handle that. Well, I, as a young kid was like this guy, you know what? I'm going to show him I'm better than that. But I mean, it was a lot of like, you know, coming home from a 10 o'clock, lost a wrestling match, coming home at 10 o'clock at at night and falling asleep and looking at me like, 
you don't get to sleep when you wrestle like that. Wake up. You're my navigator right now. So it was, it was a uh, intense upbringing. Uh, and I think that those uh, really shaped me. And then actually, if you don't mind, I want to stick with that for a second. Cause I, I really love how you said, I made it mean I'll show him, like, I'll be able to step up even more. He thinks I'm going to do this. I'm not folding. I love that part of it. Like, what we make that mean like that's that one human freedom that you got to choose here's how i'm going to be in the face of this tell, tell me more about that is that was that like pretty consistent and is that where it came yeah online? i mean that was that was definitely consistent like yeah. you know and the i think you know he you know the minute he said you know we were doing this and here was the goal i was like you know what forget that I'm, I'm going to do better than that. And I'm going to, here's the real goal yeah. and show, I'm going to show him. And so I think that, you know, that really shaped, um, who I was. So that was very consistent from, uh, since I was a young boy for sure. Yeah, I get that. And I can um, see that I'll be showing up today as well. When those really challenging situations come up, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to even exceed what people are thinking. Yeah. You know, definitely, so, definitely, yeah. you know, as a COO, you're less doing and more helping others. Yeah, sure. And I would say, but there's definitely, you know, in my nature is when our backs are against the wall and there's a minute and 10 seconds left on the clock, I want the ball. Yep. That's not when I, you know, I definitely want to, I like those scenarios. They're tough. They're stressful. I get stressed and concerned just like everyone else, but I, I, I like being thrown in the fire of those. Um, and then I think the other thing, right. I, you know, I spent my entire life in athletics yep. and training and winning was such an important part of my upbringing and my senior year of high school, I took second in the state and I was a state runner up. I was a high school American, which is you have to take top eight in the country. I did that, but I wanted to be a state champ and I wasn't. And I lost in the finals five, four. Now to some that might not seem like a thing, but you got to remember from nine years old, eight years old, my dad was beating my head. I was going to be a state champ in high school and I was in grammar school. So not hitting that goal was a big deal for me. But one of the things that happened, and I think it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, people say, do you regret not, not um, being a state champ? I, I don't regret it. So I did all the right things. I was up at 5 a.m. training. I was still getting my schoolwork done. I was competing with the best across the country in the off season. I, I did all the right things. And you, you, you learn that, you know, and people were like, I must've had a million people come to me and say, you, I'm so sorry. You deserve that. And you work so hard. You deserve that. You deserve what you earn. And I didn't earn it. So one of the things my dad taught me growing up. So when you know, there's a, in wrestling, there's a lot of people who are amazing in the practice room. Amazing, right? Technically sound, strong, fast. And then sometimes when they go out on the mat and there's a thousand people in the stands and it's one-on-one, -on -one, they, they kind of, 
they become a shell of themselves and they don't really, they get timid and tight and they don't really perform as well. And the nerves get to them. And my dad would always say, "Mm, let's see what happens when there's a referee and a whistle. And so I think about that a lot in applying that to the workplace of, you know, there's a lot of things people do behind the scenes, but it really gets tough when there's a referee and a whistle. Let's see who shows up. And not everyone shows up when there's a referee and a whistle. And so my dad really hammered that home that the time, you you know, practice is great and you got to work hard and you got to train. You got to do all the things behind the scenes when no one's watching, but you better be mentally ready when there's a referee and a whistle to show up. And so that day I thought I was ready with a referee and a whistle and I just, I didn't earn it. So you deserve what you earn. And I didn't earn it that day. But what that did, there is for college, we see this all the time in all sports, going from high school to college, there, you know, there's the major shift and there's some complacency and people get burnt and they're tired and they have fun in college and they're away from home. And some of the kids that are really, really uh, good at sports, they don't reach their potential. Well, what that happened to me was, I, I had a chip on my shoulder because this huge goal that I had in high school, I didn't accomplish, but now I had this other opportunity where I could compete in college and I could, you know, I could, I had another shot. And so what I did with that is I trained like a madman and I, I, again, I didn't reach all my goals in college, but I think I, I achieved pretty good success in my college career. You know, I had over 80 wins and I was, I was, you know, competing on a national level and, you know, doing all over the country with the best kids in the country and winning matches, beating ranked guys. And I wasn't supposed to be and really was able. And I learned so much from being in that environment with, high level athletes and coaches and the mental preparedness and the, the technical and the strategy behind things. And I don't know. And that had very much shaped me for the workplace. And I don't know that if I would have had that, if I, I don't know if I would have had that if I won that match yeah. When my senior high school. It's it's such a good example. I love that. And I, I get that for you, as much as people might have said you earned it. I mean, it's a really interesting thing that there was no number two going into it. Like you were trained that you're going to win it. That's right. So that's an amazing example of having that setback. So it's interesting. Like, so that happened. And it sounds like where you went with it is, is I'm just going to double down even more. What what was the mindset after that when it came to like, how are you being about it? Like, <laughs> so like, the, the mindset after that was like, Right after I was, I went through the feel sorry for myself. Devastated, like really just like. Devastated, tears, emotions. I blew it. Yep. It it was the first time that I really, my dad was showed like some real compassion. He was teary eyed because, um, because he knew that I did all the right things, right? I really did all the right things. Yeah. But, um, the, you know, and so right after you're like, you know, now what? Well, after that, I said, 
got to go to the high school nationals and I get to the high school nationals and I end up all American. And so, you know, it was like, you had to be, I think at the time you had to take top four in the state of New Jersey. Every state was different. You take the top four in the state of New Jersey to qualify. So I qualified, I get to the high school national. I'm like, all right, I'm, and there's a debate that not everyone goes to the high school nationals. There's a debate. Should I go? Should I not go? And I was like, you know, you got to get back up on the horse after feeling sorry for myself. And what it did was it really, I had some colleges looking at me, but being a high school American and, you know, there was a ton of coaches there, division one coaches. It opened the door for me, that tournament and the, sorry. So it opened the door for me and the, the, the opportunities came. I had a lot of opportunities to go wrestling, compete in college and get, some scholarship money and we didn't have money to really, I was either taking student loans or not going to college. So I got some scholarship money. I took out some student loans. And then I said, you know, I had a feel, feel good moment after that tournament. And I started training for college and that really catapulted me. And it was an up and down freshman year in college. I crazy things, but, and then my freshman year, after my freshman year, I realized, you know, I was 500 my freshman year, but I started uh, in a division one program and I realized I could compete with these guys. I just needed to fine tune some things. And I spent that summer training like a madman with our yeah, coaches I mean, and everything. Just for, for reference to everybody. I mean, at the college level is a pretty freaking high level to be competing at. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible, you know, because yeah. really you got to have the talent, but you also have to work your ass off. I mean, it's like, yeah. 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 So, and I was definitely more of the greedy work hard, less like, talented. Yeah. I was strong and fast, Yeah. but technically I was not the best. And they really worked on my technique, which, you know, I went into the conferences, my uh, sophomore year after training that summer at like 30 and four. So I really improved and we're wrestling a division one schedule. So, um, and I think that was a big advancement for someone who only took second in the state because you're competing against a lot of three-time state champs from other states. And, you know, being a state champ is nothing. Everyone's a state champ, right? That's why they're in Division One wrestling. So yep. um, it was – that definitely catapulted me. That, yeah, that, it's interesting. That, like, it's amazing. You hear people that have that chip on their shoulder from some experience like that, and they really use it to say – I'm going to just go even harder. And it's amazing. It really seems like you kind of took that attitude and I'm sure all the scouts saw, look how he was able to just bounce back that resiliency sure. that sometimes just has people just get knocked off and they are slower to. So, um, man, I think that is the skill set being able to bounce back being resilient. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome, man. Um, let's take it a little bit to, you know, what we're dealing with now over the last year and, and how it's shown up, but we're now going in almost a year of this uh, pandemic and it's certainly forced a lot of us to take that same approach of how are we just going to step up? How do we be resilient with some some major challenges at home and in work? So I, I'd love to hear from you, too. Like maybe like what's been one of the big challenges for you over the last year? And, and then maybe you could share a little bit about how you stepped up and it's had you be even more successful and you've really grown even more as a person. I know there's a lot in that, but I'd uh, love to love to hear a little bit what shows up for you. 
so I think um, there was a million challenges from the first one working from home, right? Working to set up a team from home, right? We've got 120 employees. Most of our employees didn't have a laptop. So getting everyone working from home and getting them set up, that was a whole big challenge. Wow. And then we had to, in the setting up the infrastructure to have to work from home. Then we have the whole, you know, from a real estate perspective, the rent collection piece that we had to work through and all the tenant modifications. We had things we had to do with our lenders and we had to keep new business moving. And uh, we did things like we put together a business innovation committee in March in which this group was to come up with ideas on increasing revenue, reducing expenses and uh, improving efficiencies. And they came up with a million ideas the team did a fantastic job. We've implemented a bunch of them and the whole team was able to participate in that if they wanted to. And it was a great thing. We, um, we really, that idea. What's that? Did you come up with that idea of a uh, business innovation committee or how that, how that get formed? Yeah, I, I brought it up to the, to, um, some people on the executive management team and we decided to do that. And it came, it, it really, you know, they, the team really did a great job in running with it. And we, yeah. you know, from small things that people were a part of, like we realized that everyone had a fax number and we were paying thousands of dollars a year for multiple fax numbers. So that was an easy expense to cut um, to big things like growing new lines of business. And, um, you know, we're a, we have a general contracting business that now that we've, We've always done some GC work that we've really grown and we're really focused on, you know, redeveloping our existing assets and coming up with plans and team helped come up with plans to uh, working on a, a mentorship program internally and that's formalized to a lot of ideas that they had that were really amazing that we're implementing. Um, you know, and then for me personally, one of the things that I've, you know, learned is it's always good to improve on some of your weaknesses, but um, there is, you need to really, what, what really separates the the good from the bad is, or the, the great from the good, I should say, is those who are really good at leaning into their strengths. Totally agree with that. And so, but one of the, the things that, I learned a while ago from uh, psychology is, and I'm pulling up something right now, mm-hmm. is how do you how do you really know what a strength is? And so I'll, I'll flip that back on you because I have three key things that I focus on that this is what defines what a strength is. And so how would you define a strength, Adam? I'll flip it back on you. I'll tell you how I discover it and then I'll tell you how I define it. I discover it by asking the people closest to me. Um, That's the first thing is I find that the people that are close with you, when you give them the space to be real with you and say, look, you know, I'm I'm really looking to get an honest assessment and I'd love it for you to tell me, like, what do you think are my, you know, top one or two strengths that I do better than most? So that's the first thing that I would do to get to it. I, I wouldn't just trust my own opinion, even though I think we both have a good degree of self-awareness. But I think I would first ask my wife, 
my uh, you know supervisors, you know colleagues, people that uh, report to me, uh, clients. I, I would really get like a cross section of the people in my life, close friends, and so and then how I would define it is it is really something where you know if there's a scale of a one to ten of effectiveness in a key character trait. I would say strength is an area where you're probably a seven, eight, nine, like, you know, at a high level, you're, you're above average in that area. So whether it be, you know, uh, tenacious, I mean, it's, I picture strengths as ways of being, right. And you're able to do certain skills with that. Um, but a strength could be, you know, how gritty you are, you know, and maybe so. So I think that's how I would look at it is a strength would be an area where you stand out above your peers, you would be looked at as above average in those particular areas. What about you? So there's a psychologist at the University of Melbourne who, her name's Leah Waters, who I think says it best, which is, here's your strengths. One, you're good at. Two, they give you energy. And three, you're self-motivated by them. So there are, I love the energy one because there are a lot of things that people are good at that they do that they're like worn out from. They're like, I'm glad that's over. This is, this, and it's depleting. Sure. That's a learned behavior that you're good at. It's not a strength. It's not an innate strength. It doesn't give you energy. When you're really good at something that's a strength, it gets you fired up. It's mm-hmm. motivating. Sure. It is, gives you energy. I so that. I would say, what are the things you do that you might be good at, but you know, they're not necessarily energy increasing, they're energy depleting, and they don't, um, you're not really motivated by them. Um, and so the things, when you really narrow it down, you're good at them. And so if you ask people what you were good at and you came up a list with 10, well, then which one of those, like, really give you energy, which one sure. of those are you self-motivated to do? I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, I'll, I'll just share. I'll say one thing because I do want to have it go on you, but I do think it's important to boil it down to like top five and then maybe even top two. Uh, there's a lot of different assessments out there. I think the strength finder is a good one. And and I think strength finder is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really solid one that I, I recommend to a lot of people and uh, it, it's fun to get through it. And, and they do like a nice job of kind of breaking it down. Some of these key areas. Uh, but I love just idea generation. Like I love having a conversation with you and we're just, we're talking about what are you doing for strategies online? How are you, you know, coming up with strategies to be able to be more successful in your life? Like that to me is just fun. I enjoy it and I do well with it. Uh, but I think that I would lean into it more going to your point earlier, like focusing on your strengths to try to take that from, let's say a seven to an eight, then try to take a weakness of mine from like a three to a four, cause it's still going to be just average. So I do like the idea of focusing on those like key two or three strengths a lot. Totally agree. Totally yeah, yeah. agree. Awesome, man. Awesome. So you so you did that and it sounds like you really uh, had the whole team come together. I love the idea of the business innovation committee. I think that that just creates such a excitement where there's a lot of um, just a lot of empowerment around a group coming together with probably ideas coming from all sorts of places that probably wouldn't have been possible had you not created the space for that. So I think totally. that's a really great initiative, man. Awesome stuff. Uh, so I'll do this because I, I, I want to, you know, kind of get to a few other questions as well. And um, I'm kind of coming up with a format for this. And I, I've looked to guys like yourself who've had some really awesome podcasts. And I think it's nice to be able to get into the background. I really appreciate being generous with being open about 
some of those past experiences. And then it's also interesting when you hear like, what are people using in their lives these days to help them be even more successful? And so, um, yeah, I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions that I'm going to kind of focus on over the last year, but let's just start out with some basics. Uh, what's been your favorite app, you know, over the last year that you're just geeking out over, you absolutely love, uh, and it's something that you would totally recommend to others? Uh, what is my favorite app that I've, you know, you can't say Clubhouse now. yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say clubhouse. I think that I have no real like game changing apps. What I would say, I think are, you know, more personal. I, I geek out over ring. <laughs> I live in the you know, woods I'm right there with you on nest, man. It's all good. I geek out on the ring, man. I am, I am all over the ring. I, uh, I love the ring and seeing what's going on with, I live in the woods with the amount yeah. of packages you get delivered with yeah. everything going on. I, I <laughs> much seeing what's going on out there yeah. and we have, we have the, we had, and here's one of the things my, we have, I live in the woods, so there's a lot of animals, and my kids love sure. names, and right. they name they name all Maybe. the animals, yeah. right? And so we have this raccoon named Ralph, and if you leave right. the garbage out, Ralph gets into the garbage. And what one day we walked outside. It was in the summer, and the garbage was literally all over my driveway. And I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" Ralph had some friends show up, huh? And so I looked. I'm like, "Ralph," and I get up on the ring and it's not just Ralph. It's Ralph. It's Rodney Roger. They named them all. And so we had three raccoons and um, so I'm all over the ring. Uh, you know, we, we also use uh, cozy, which uh, is the shared calendar app that we really like from okay. a family perspective. Interesting. So, I'm actually looking for one for the family. I've been uh, kind of working on the standard iPhone one, but I like something that's a little bit uh, better. So I'm going to take a look at that. So cozy C O Z I. That's the one we paid the thirty whatever dollars for the year, and we 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 use cozy. Nice, awesome, cool. All right, those are, those are two good ones. Biggest book, you know, two or three that have made the biggest impact in your life. What comes to mind? Impact in my life. Yeah. So of all time. Um, uh, you know, I'll go with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. A lot of okay. people like that book. It's a great one. Um, I connect a lot with David Goggins, so Can't Hurt Me, I think, was really Ooh. good. Big one, yeah. And um, I read a ton on leadership. So the Simon Sinek, um, eaters eat, Leaders Eat Last. Yeah. Start with Why, Simon Sinek. And then one of the, one of the business books that really got me um, – like really ver as a voracious reader was um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, those are great ones. Those are great ones. And I'm going to just kind of piggyback on that. Who are three leaders that you admire most? And when you think about them, what are the character attributes about them that really resonate? Um, so I really, our CEO, Adam Ifshin, is really awesome. Um, I think that the... Coach K, Belichick, um, when I from a sports perspective, um, and what about and, that? Here? Like, what about like what their attributes are that you really uh, admire most? Uh, so leadership. You know, people talk a lot about leadership, but 
can you bring a team together? Okay. Mm, is because every business today is, you know, people are like, what's the most important thing in commercial real estate today? And I would say it. the th- three most important things are team, team, and team. Get and that. Get so, that. so uh, they have an uncanny ability to bring teams together, you know, that are all always changing, different people. Yeah. And I don't think it's about their playbooks. I think it's their ability to bring teams together and get them to follow a shared vision. Um, and so I think they're really impressive people. That's awesome. I, I agree with you. I think that people really do take you to the next level. I mean, we could have whatever widgets out there. Other people are going to come up with the same widget. What's going to really define you is the team. And then how do you bring out the best in that team to function at their best together? I mean, that's that's it. So yep. I like that one a lot, man. Good stuff. And then, um, you know, I'm really big on habits. I know we've talked about this in the past. And James Clear has his book, you know, Power of, uh, or what is it? The um, Atomic Habits. So I'm going to ask you too, like over the last few years, what's been a habit or a belief or something that you've taken on or something you've gotten rid of that's really, I would say, helped you grow and develop uh, to really take you to the next level? Uh, A bunch of things. So one, I'm really good about I calendar everything. Got it. Um, So it is, there's some minuses to that. It enables me to be proactive because I on my calendars the things, but there's some negatives, right? If you call me, it's it is hard to get a hold of me because I'm in a planned meeting or a planned scheduled event. Typically, I'm working on creating some free time in my calendar. But do you block, try, that, do you block what, that at all yet or no? So that's a, I, I just started this week because it was a goal for 2020 to block yeah. off time. I'd like to take uh, that off. But because if you look at my schedule from 7.30 to 7.30, it's hard to find a spot. Um, so there's that piece. Um, as it, you know, in the, in the morning, one of the habits I do just to get the, mind going. I try to read something and write something to get the mind going. I put something nutritious in the body. Yep. Um, I used to work out in the mornings. Now I work out during the day. Uh, so that's a little bit of a change. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to change that. When are you doing that? Uh, <clears throat> typically whenever, later whenever in the day, th- three to four, something like that, something. Um, but I do... I did that. I switched that in the summer because I'm actually, I think changing routines brings new perspective. Mm, I remember you shared about that. Yeah. So people like to get caught in a routine. So it's stable. I like to challenge myself and ruffle the feathers. So the minute, minute I get comfortable in a routine and like, I think, I think it's working. I want to gain new perspective. I shake up the routine and it's like getting used to a new routine, but it gives you different perspectives and whatnot. So I stay, I don't think I stay in one routine for longer than 12 months. And most people like to get into a routine and then that's their, this is what they do. They drink their coffee at the same time. They do this. And 
I, and I, by the way, and I totally do that. And I'm hearing you say that I'm like, you know, but I'm also open to hearing these types of ideas. Like, Oh, what would it look like if I, so I used to, yeah, I yeah. used to, I, because there's a, a fear of lack of organization. And so what I typically do at that point is I'm like, all right, I've been in a routine. It's time to gain some new perspectives and shake this up. And I change routines often, which is uncomfortable, but you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. I like that. So I, I do, I, I do keep the same routine. I do make sure I'm doing something uncomfortable. I mean, for me, it's, you know, the cold shower. I mean, that's my first thing I do in the morning. That's going to wake you up. That's an uncomfortable thing. So I do like the idea like that, eat that frog first thing in the morning, do that task so that you kind of, kind of felt like you had that early win. So uh, it is interesting to see if you also get uncomfortable by just switching up when you're doing things or adding things. It also, it's stim it's mentally stimulating. Yeah, it gives that. you new perspectives on things. Yeah. It's like, you know, Beth Azar always talks about, you know, if you go to, if you take the same route to work every day, just changing the new route will give you totally different perspective. Yeah. You'll see what's going on in the world. And it'll yes. jog yep. things in your brain that wouldn't have been yeah, jogged because you changed your route. Totally. totally so get that. I, you know, if you don't have a routine, it's important to get in a routine. If you're someone who's been in a routine and you're a routine type person to that person, it's time to change it up and get uncomfortable. Nice. I like it. All right. And you're jumping right to my next question, your morning routine. You shared a little bit about it. You want to write something. Tell me a little bit about some more of the highlights of your morning routine these days. I'm huge on morning routine, as, as you might know, but uh, I think that really gets your day started at your best self. But what's uh, what are some of the things in your morning routine? I re uh, let's say the mornings for me, I'll call it pre seven thirty. Sure. Cause I start like calls at like seven thirty. So, okay. uh, I write something and it could be, it, it, it could be something personal, like in a, my ideas and thoughts, mm -hmm. it could be catching up on an email. So I write something cause I think, you know, writing gets your mind. You have to think I read something. So I'm, I'm a pretty voracious reader in the morning is not the best time. I do, a, I've transitioned to a ton of audible books. So when I say I'm a voracious reader, I'm definitely on audible a ton. However, in the morning, I try to read something on a physical book or thing that I'm actually reading it. And I probably only spend 15 minutes on that because then I go into like reading all news articles and things like that on social media and on my phone. Um, I spend some time with my kids cause they're up at the crack of dawn. So I spend some time with my kids. I try to eat something healthy. Yeah. Uh, get no, a glass uh, no, of water. No, inter no intermittent fasting for you. No. Yeah. And then, uh, I used to work out right now. I'm not, I'll probably go yeah. back to that. Yeah. And change up my routine again. So that's the story. Awesome, man. Very cool. Dude, this has been really uh, a real pleasure. I, uh, I really like just your overall vibe since I first met you. And I just think you, uh, you really do get into a lot of cool things. And uh, I really enjoy this conversation a lot. So uh, thanks awesome. for this time Thank today. you. I'm sure I'll be talking to you uh, soon enough. Yeah, and, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. Awesome. You too, man. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, it would mean the absolute world to me if you subscribe, leave us a positive rating and a positive review. And please share this with anybody in your life that you think would enjoy it. 
and I hope to see you in a future episode.